0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. And today we're talking about verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 12 where he talks about miracles, discerning of spirits, prophecy, tongues and interpretation. So let me start by just talking about miracles and discerning of spirits. Friends, miracles the gift of miracles is when you pray for something supernatural to happen. You pray for God to give you a parking space when you're driving into town in the day. You pray for someone for healing, but there's an aspect of the healing that requires God to recreate an organ or, or something in their body. That's a miracle. When you pray for someone to be set free from an evil spirit, that's a miracle. When you pray for a provision of money, that's a miracle. When you pray for the weather to be good, that's a miracle. And I want to tell you, God wants to do miracles through you. He really does. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories about miracles and discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is, the Bible teaches we're in a a spiritual atmosphere. It's not just what we can see with our physical eyes. There are spirit beings all around us, and we come up against them. So I'm going to tell you a couple of stories about miracles and discerning of spirits just before I get into prophecy, tongues, and interpretation, just to build your faith. The purpose of me telling these stories is not to make me sound like i'm great because i'm going to tell you stories of when i was a brand new christian so that you realize that it's for anyone so i was 17 years old newly born again newly filled with the holy spirit a, a, a baby christian and a young person and i came back home from boarding school and the house where i was living was full of immorality my mom had several different men coming and going from the house. And the the man who was living in the house at the time was a druggie, a pothead. And he was into weird new age religions. He would worship all these different religions. And so there were these religious symbols and weird statuettes around the house. My dad had committed suicide recently. The house was just full of immorality. And I got home and weird stuff started happening in our house. So we would be sitting, watching TV, and just above the TV there was an ornament shelf and the ornaments would start moving and start falling off the shelf. And then we would hear doors slamming or opening and closing in the house. And then blood started appearing on the walls. And then lastly, the last straw for me was, we woke up one morning and there was blood on the mirror in the bathroom. And I asked everyone, was this you, was this you? It was none of them. And God, a baby Christian, gave me the courage to believe in discerning of spirits and working in miracles. And I said, Lord, this is not of you. And faith rose up inside me. And I said, evil spirits, this house belongs to Jesus, get out. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. He said that religious statue, smash it. So I took it and I smashed it. And that stopped. All of that spiritual activity stopped. And never ever returned. And I suddenly realized there's power inside me. That word miracles in the Greek is the word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite from. God wants to work dynamite through you, but it's a gift of the Spirit. It's not just praying for God to do it, sometimes He wants you to exercise this gift and start saying things to evil spirits or to situations. The one time we were in a holiday resort and it was raining and we were there with the family and the Lord prompted me to say, rain stop for an hour. I'm not great, but I was a baby Christian and I was full of faith and it stopped. For an hour we had sunshine and we had a lovely picnic and we went home and as soon as we packed up and left, it rained again. God wants to do miracles in our lives. Amen. Amen. We were at Bible school. And we'd left good paying jobs to go and serve God at Bible school and learn about the ministry. And my wife was working to help us while we were at Bible school in a little medical office. And they'd said, tonight we're having an office party. Everybody bring a pizza and a bottle of drink. And she came home, she said, Greg, we can't afford a pizza. We can't afford a bottle of drink is God going to look after us? Are we going to be poor? And we said a simple prayer. We held hands. We said, thank you, God, that you provide. Now, that is an operation of the gift of miracles and faith. We were baby Christians. And I'm not lying to you. Within half an hour, the phone rang and somebody said, listen, something weird's happened. There's a ministry down the road outside of the Bible school. They've missed organized themselves. They've overplanned and they've got too much food. Please would you just come. There's pizzas and there's fizzy drinks as much as you want. And my wife took 10 pizzas and 10 bottles of drink to the office party because God wants to work miracles through us. Through you. Amen. I was a young pastor and in one of our evening services a man came to our church who was Dirty and smelly, he was off the street. And after the service, he came to me and he said, Can I pray with you? But I want to pray around the back of the church in that dark alleyway where no one else is there. And foolishly, I said, Okay. And I went around the back, and his voice changed, and he started telling me how he was wanted for murder in another country, and how he was uh, sick with AIDS, and how he murdered people, and God. Uh, he said that there was a spirit inside of him that was telling it to murder me. But then he said, but I can't because there's something stopping me. What is it that's stopping me in you? And I said, God is here and he can set you free. Do you want to be set free? And suddenly I realized this power, this miracle power is available for us. The man chose not to be set free. He said, I'd rather live with this evil spirit But I realized as a young Christian, the gift is available to anyone and everyone if the Holy Spirit is in us and filling us. Amen? I need to just tell you that there is a wrong belief that is taught in a lot of Christian circles. That as soon as you're a Christian, you are automatically filled with the Holy Spirit. But in Acts chapter 6 and verse 3, when the 12 apostles were choosing seven helpers to help them distribute food, it says, therefore, brethren, seek out from yourselves seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business why would they say find some of you who are full of the Holy Spirit if everyone was automatically full of the Holy Spirit? Not every Christian is full of the Holy Spirit. We all, if you're a Christian, Romans 8 tells us, if you don't have some of the Spirit of Christ, you're not even a Christian. So you have the the Spirit within your heart, but you're not full of Him until you ask to be full of Him. And my... Aim and desire today is to help you to be full of the Holy Spirit, but then to operate in these gifts. I, my dream, and I know James and Heidi and many of us in this church, our dream is not that we do all the ministry, it's that all of God's people become empowered to do miracles every day. But now I'm going to teach you about prophecy, tongues, and interpretation, and I'm going to show you through the Bible how these gifts work why they are there and then at the end we're going to ask the Lord to release us in not just those gifts but all the gifts and you may already be baptized filled with the Holy Spirit or um, you may have had an experience many years ago but we want it to be happening all the time in our life. God wants it friends. God wants it. You know the body of Christ is unhealthy if we are not operating in the gifts of the holy spirit not in a weird showy way just in everyday normal supernatural christian living can i challenge you i believe there's some of us here and and it's been 20 years ago that we had the experience of god using us in these things but it's been very sparse recently and the lord is saying Fan to flame. You know, in 2 Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, I'm urging you to fan to flame the gift that is in you, that was given to you when I laid hands on you. there, There was a gift that God had put within Timothy, but Timothy had allowed it to get quieter and quieter until there was a tiny little glowing ember. And Paul was saying, Fan it to flame. Come on, let's get the flame burning again. Amen. right so tongues interpretation and prophecy are basically where we use our mouths to speak words that come from God's Holy Spirit it's not weird it doesn't have to be weird have you heard it being weird I have I've I've heard of a church where a man stood up and he says thus says the Lord as Noah led the children of Israel out of Egypt such and such and such. And then he stood up again a few minutes later. He says, I, the Lord, have made a mistake. It was not Noah. It was Moses. That's just weirdness. It's just craziness, charismatic silliness. We don't have to act weird when we give a word from the Lord. But I want to tell you that it can be normal life. Speaking in tongues can just be a normal part of our lives. You know where the Bible says, pray without ceasing. How are we supposed to do that? Because we run out of English words to, to pray, don't we? I can't pray without ceasing. But if I'm praying in tongues all the time, just in my heart, in my mind, or under my breath, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I'm praying without ceasing. If I'm prophesying and I'm just saying words that are normal. I'm not using a funny voice. I'm just talking to my friend and the Lord is giving me words to say and I'm saying them. The power of God is released without having to be crazy. Amen? So tongues, prophecy and interpretation. Basically, I want to say to you that they are three facets of the same gift. Prophecy is speaking God's words inspired by the Holy Spirit. But tongues is doing the same thing. It just happens to be in a different language. And interpretation is just giving the English or the normal translation of what that tongue was. They're the three parts of the same gift. And that's why when in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, when they spoke in tongues, It says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place of one accord. Suddenly there was a sound of a violent rushing wind. The place was filled with the sound. Flames seemed to come on them. They started to speak in other tongues. And then in verse 5 onwards, it says there were men there from every nation under heaven in Jerusalem gathered at that time. And they all heard them speaking in their own languages. And they said, what is this? All these different languages, what's going on? Are they drunk? They've had too much wine. Peter stands up, he says, they're not drunk. It's early, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. But then he explains it. He says, this is what the prophet Joel said would happen. And he was quoting from Joel chapter two, verse 28. Let me read it to you. Why am I showing you this? Because I'm trying to show you that tongues and prophecy are actually the same thing. So all these people from every nation under the, under the heavens were there in Jerusalem. They heard all their different languages being spoken. And Peter said in verse 15, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, and your daughters shall prophesy he didn't say speak in tongues but he's saying tongues is prophecy then he says your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams I'm not going to ask you which of you see visions and which of you dream dreams because that'll tell me who's young and who's old I've heard heard old men say I see visions just shows that I'm young in the spirit anyway then he goes on to say on my men servants and on my maid servants friends it's not gender specific it's not rich and poor it's not mature and immature everyone all flesh all Christians on all of my children he says I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy he says the tongues that these people are speaking they're speaking in languages from Pontus Cappadocia all these different places he says that is the fulfillment of Joel which says they will prophesy prophecy and tongues are the same they're just in different languages and interpretation is the link between the two. So are you ready for a whistle-stop tour of the Bible? Why on earth did God give tongues? People have said to me, it is such a strange gift. It's so bizarre. Why would God give such an embarrassing, weird gift? Have you thought of that? I mean, why couldn't he give a more sane, normal, unembarrassing gift? Genesis 11, verse six, verse five, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. And they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them come let us confuse their language that they may not understand one another and they may not achieve this thing that they're trying to do against God. God used languages to divide people when they were united against him in Genesis 11. Now please hear me. God used languages to reunite people in purpose for him. So in Acts chapter 2, it says they were of one accord in one place there were people from every nation and language under heaven and God gave languages and he reunited them. And that same promise holds true. Nothing they purpose to do will now be impossible for them. Tongues is awesome. It's not a gift to be embarrassed about. It's as good as, as powerful as prophecy and it brings unity of all different nations, languages and tribes. We are one in Christ because we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we're speaking unified language together. It may sound different, different languages, but it's all coming from God's Spirit. And so it's one purpose, one language. That's uh, Genesis 11. There's another beautiful foreshadowing of Pentecost in Numbers chapter 11, where Moses, the great leader, is tired and he needs help. Um, he needs people to help him lead the the nation of Israel, and so God says he must choose seventy of the leaders. And in verse 24, it says, So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud, spoke to him, took of the Spirit that was upon him, and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the Spirit rested upon them that they prophesied. Although they never did so again. You might say, why does prophecy or speaking seem to happen when a person gets filled with the spirit? Why is that? The answer is, Jesus said in Luke 6 verse 45 and in Matthew 12 verse 34. He said, out of the abundance or out of the overflow or out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, your words are coming out of the fullness of your heart. And when your heart is full of the Holy Spirit and he overflows, it will come out of your mouth. Every time we see people filled with the Spirit, there is something happening. And most of the times it clearly says they spoke. They spoke. Something comes out of their mouths. 1 Samuel chapter 10. King Saul is going to be anointed as the king of Israel. And the prophet Samuel pours oil upon his head and tells him he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says in verse 6. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And that's what happened. King Saul was a great physical man. He, he was tall and strong. And he had physical leadership attributes. But he needed the Holy Spirit's anointing. And Samuel said to him, the Holy Spirit will come on you. You will prophesy and you'll be changed into a different person. It always comes with this gift of speaking, inspired speaking. And then in Joel chapter 2, we've already read it. He says, "In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters, your men-servants, your maidservants, everyone will prophesy." And then in Acts chapter two, Pentecost happens, and they are filled with the spirit." You might say to me, "Well, is that the only time? No. Acts chapter eight, verse 15. Philip goes to Samaria. Many people believe miracles, baptized in in water. But they're not filled with the Spirit until several days later when Peter and John come from Jerusalem, lay hands on them and pray for them to be filled with the Spirit. And then they are filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 9. Saul, Paul... Becomes a Christian on the road to Damascus, blinding light. He repents. He says, Lord, I'm sorry. But three days later, a man called Ananias comes and lays hands on him. He says, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road to Damascus has sent me to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Saul later on says, I speak in tongues more than all of you Corinthians. You guys speak in tongues a lot, but I'm the biggest tongue speaker of all. Acts chapter 10, Peter goes to Cornelius' house, a Roman man, and while he's speaking, while he's preaching to Cornelius, it says the Holy Spirit fell on them, verse 44 onwards, and they started to speak in tongues and prophesy. And then in Acts chapter 19, Paul arrives in a town called Ephesus. Let me just read this little example to you. Acts chapter 19. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" That's a strange question. If, If all Christians are automatically filled with the Spirit, why on earth would Paul ask the disciples, have you received the Holy Spirit yet? Because it's not automatic. Brother and sister, have you received, been filled with the Holy Spirit? You say, how do I know? Well, firstly, there's gonna come tongues and prophecy, but then access to all of these nine gifts, it starts to become a normal part of your everyday life when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I'm not experiencing it anymore. In Ephesians 5 verse 18, Paul says, Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled. And that word means continually keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep asking Him. Keep asking Him. I remember walking near my house in Harare and saying, Lord, fill me again. And He just filled me again. And I've done that many, many times since then. We keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit. So Paul said to them, Were you filled? Uh, they said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he he then baptized them in water properly. And then he laid his hands on them. And it says they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So friends, I've got a few minutes left. I'm just going to quickly list the benefits of speaking in tongues, if that's okay with you. 1 Corinthians 14. 14 pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. That's the same word translated lust in James chapter 4. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. No one else understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. You're speaking directly to God. Another word for that is prayer. You are praying when you speak in tongues. And Romans 8, verses 26 and 27 tell us that when we pray by the Holy Spirit, it's like groanings that words can't really express. It says the Holy Spirit prays in accordance with the will of God. When you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you are praying the will of God. Now that in itself is enough of a reason to pray in tongues. Let me put this another way. You could pray with your own understanding for 10 hours. You could make a list of all the prayer needs that you can think of. You could ask all your friends, what are your prayer requests, and make lists. You could research on the internet and en- encyclopedias, what are the needs of the world, and you could pray for all of those for 10 hours, but you wouldn't be certain that you were praying what God wanted you to pray. Because Romans 8.26 says, we do not know what we should pray for. But when I pray in the Spirit, in tongues, I am praying exactly and only what God wants me to pray at that moment. And 1 John 5 says, if we pray according to His will, we know we have what we've prayed for. Are you using it? Let's read on. Verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself edifies That word means builds up. So you go to the gym and you drink protein shakes and you use all the gym equipment and you're building up your muscles and you can see the effect on your body saying I'm building myself up and God says that's worth something In 1st Timothy, he says, godly exercise profits a little, but godliness, building up your spirit, man, who you are on the inside, the real you, building yourself spiritually and emotionally with God's power. That comes from praying in tongues. He says it. He who prays in a tongue edifies himself. It doesn't edify your, your muscles It doesn't edify your mind because he says your understanding is unfruitful. It's your spirit, your heart. Are you feeling weak in your spirit? Are you feeling far from God? Are you feeling low? An an unexplainable depression or weakness or sadness. Lack of direction. Lack of passion for God. Gordon Lindsay, the man who started the Bible school that I went to, would pray for an hour in tongues every day before he even got out of bed. Why? Because it is the most effective way to build yourself up in your holy faith. Verse 14, he says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, my mind is not involved. So he says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with my spirit And I will pray with my understanding. He says, it's good also to pray with your mind and what other people ask you to pray for. It's good to do that, but also to pray with your spirit. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with my understanding. I will sing the words that are up on the screen and the worship song. But every now and again, I will just sing in tongues because it's just a beautiful way of using not just my mind, but the power of God's spirit as well. So prayer is powerful, powerful, powerful when we're praying in tongues. And then I'm gonna close with Jude, verse 20. Jude was the brother of Jesus. And he wrote a little epistle, at the end of the Bible. And in verse 20, please just hear this. He says, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Remember, we already read how you build yourself up in your most holy faith. It's by praying in tongues. He says. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. We've already read what that means. It means praying in tongues. Keep yourselves in the love of God. This is the third powerful blessing of praying in tongues. You know, God loves you all the time. His love for you doesn't change, but I'm sure you'll agree with me. Your experience of that love goes up and down, doesn't it? Do you sometimes think, I don't know. I don't feel close to God. I don't know if God loves me. I know with my head that He does, because the Bible says it, but I'm not feeling close to God. I don't feel His love. What do I do? Hallelujah. Jude verse 20 and 21 says, Pray in the Holy Spirit. It builds you up, but it keeps you in the love of God. You are full and surrounded by God's blessing and His presence when you pray in tongues. Folks, would you stand with me? And I'm going to ask you to pray with me. We're going to pray a prayer together. Thank you, Lord. Just tie your heart around these words that I'm saying. Say, thank you, Lord, that you give us the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you don't leave us as orphans. Thank you, God, that you're wanting to partner with us in doing amazing adventures in the world. Thank you that you're wanting us to see miracles on a daily basis, that you're wanting us to pray prayers and see them affecting the world around us every day. Thank you, God, that you use the weak and the despised and the lowly To confound the wise. And you want to use any one of us. Thank you God that starting from today I can see more miracle power at work in my life. From today. Because of this power. This dunamis. This miracle dynamo that you put within me. God I want to be filled with your spirit. I thank you that you promised Lord Jesus in Luke 11 verse 13 that if I ask the Father, He will give the Holy Spirit to me. And so now, Lord, I ask, Jesus, fill me again. Fill me to overflowing. Not just a little pocket of my heart. My whole life. Fill me with your Spirit. Fill my body. Fill my mind. Fill my thoughts and emotions. Fill my mouth. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing. Thank you. Thank you. And Lord, in faith, I now choose to obey. Just like Peter, when you said to him, come and walk on the water, he by faith stepped out of the boat onto the waves. I choose by faith to step out and start to use my voice and my lungs and my mouth and lips to speak words and sounds that are not my native language. I choose to prophesy and to speak in tongues and to pray for healing and to declare miracles and to do all these things that you've given me to do. I step out of the boat, Lord. I speak to financial lack. I speak against problems around me in, in faith by your, by your Spirit's power. Lord. And I expect to see you doing great things. And Lord, I choose to use this amazing gift of a prayer language Regularly, daily, all the time to pray without ceasing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Friends, we're going to sing a worship song, but I'm going to encourage you to take this opportunity to start to use your voice. You choose to start to speak. Don't allow yourself to speak words that are English or your native language. Start to say, I'm gonna step out Lord. I've asked and I've received and I'm gonna start to speak. And watch, just watch that dynamo start to kick in and you'll see the power being generated in your life. And then you can speak in tongues and in English. You can sing in English or in tongues and you can start to use this prayer language. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.